You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you just want to ask your mom. Welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And I'm Renee Sproles. And today we are going to tackle a listener question, actually, but it's a very relevant topic for now, um, called Living in the Sandwich Generation. What is the sandwich generation? I know. I thought this was an interesting question uh, because I didn't really think much about it. I'm not experiencing it yet. Uh And so I did a little research, and um, it's the generation that's caught in the middle who are caring for their children and their elderly parents. Yes. So this could be lots of ages, um, depending on when you decided to have children. But um, so you're going to be supporting, you're going to find yourself supporting your children and your parents, maybe financially, emotionally, physically, all kinds of ways. Um, And this term was coined by Dorothy Miller in 1981. Um, and to describe adult children of the elderly who are sandwiched between caring for their children and their aging parents. So um, they can, I think it's, there's pros and cons, right? Right. To I'm, living here. I think of the Jimmy Fallon thing. Pros and cons and pros and cons and pros and cons and pros. <laughs> <laughs> we may have to cut that out. I just couldn't, I, I had to say it or it was going to be running around in my head. But nearly, I'm surprised, nearly half of the adults in their 40s and 50s have a parent over age 65 and are raising a child, a child young children, mm-hmm. or they're financially supporting a grown child aged 18 or older. They have both. Yeah, there's lots of moving parts there. Um, and COVID, the pandemic has made things a little weirder with that because ton when the market shut down and jobs were lost or maybe these young adults were graduating in the middle of all this there were not jobs to be had so where'd they go back home with mm-hmm. mom and dad mm-hmm. yeah and um another statistic i thought was interesting is about one in seven middle-aged adults is providing financial support to both a parent and a child one in seven that's 15 percent yeah and that percent is going to rise because the number of people over age 65 will continue to increase for several more decades. Yeah. So, and another weird, like millennials are up to one third of yeah. the caregivers. Yeah. You gotta give them a little love, people. They're <laughs> not we're, so flaky. We're hating on them all the time, aren't we? But yeah, they have a lot to bear, yeah. actually, right? So, um, you know, most people are marrying later. Mm-hmm. And then they're having children later. So as they're waiting longer, their parents are getting older and older. Um, so they're more likely to still have younger children at home when it comes time to care for older parents or in-laws. Um, that's not the, in my case, that's not the, the way it was. I, um, my children are gone already-ish. I mean, they're still around. They still come back. And my dad is 85 this year. So um, I don't have young children at home to raise. But, um, you know, they're back and forth. So... Yeah, they're in like launch mode. You're, yeah, you're, you're getting you're getting them off the launch pad, but they're not quite gone. Right. So I don't have the stress <laughs> of all of the back to school and the um, you know, all the taxi stuff that you have mm-hmm. to do as a mom and all the schoolwork and all that juggling on top of trying to deal with mm-hmm. an aging parent. So we think of this 
at least, well, I'll say we, I'll say me. I thought of this in terms of all the negatives that this brings, just the challenges that it brings. But the more reading I did, um, the more I saw that this can actually be a real blessing for families. Yeah, it can, depending on the health mm-hmm. and the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I didn't even think of it because I was a kid and my parents were the sandwich generation. And so my mm. when my grandmother passed away, for the next 17 years, my grandfather, he lived behind us. He ate dinner with us every night. We were He was involved in our lives. We were involved in his life. And that was just normal. And we loved it. So from a kid's perspective. Yes, we loved it. You get that older generation yeah. speaking into your life, the stories and all that stuff. But from your mom's perspective. I know. I think it was... I wonder if a it was the same. On her. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure it was a lot on her. And I did, I'll have to ask. I didn't even think to ask her before this interview. It, I know at the end it was sure. really difficult. But there was a lot of years he was healthy and good. And, you know, he was just a part of our family in a more mm-hmm. intimate way. But he wasn't living with you, right? No, he's right behind us. Yeah. Yeah, right behind us. And that changes things a it little does. bit, too. It does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had a ranch house, so I guess we could all spread. Space. <laughs> your space a little bit. So, sure. yeah, let's talk about perspective, Bonnie. So, yeah. Um... Sometimes it helps to kind of, if you're in this situation, it helps to reframe it um, to from how I got to have to take care of mom and dad. You know, it's really hard. There's all these extra things I have to think about um, to getting to. I have the privilege of taking care of my mom and dad. Um, a lot of people, especially in the face of COVID, have lost all these older adults, um, the nursing home fiascos that were so terrible on the news and stuff. I mean, a lot of us don't get to. Um, we just lose our moms and dads early and we don't get the privilege of seeing them into old age. So if you can reframe it, um, sometimes it helps just to tell yourself a different story if you're in the middle of all that, um, to see the positive. Yeah. The story you tell yourself in every situation in life really, really is super important. Um, I have a very wise friend who, um, we were talking about just how difficult family relationships can be and forgiving offenses and she said, you know, it really helped her when she decided to um, frame it this way. I get to learn how to not be offended. I get to learn how to forgive. When And I thought, wow, I don't really ever <laughs> think of it that way. And so even if your relationship is strained with your parents, um, you, we can say, you know, we get to learn sacrificial love. We get to learn just a little glimpse of dying to ourselves which you know, if you're a mom listening to this, you die to yourself every day when you're taking care of little people. Yep. And so, um, yeah, the, that perspective is good. I mean, it's honor versus duty. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the Bible says, that's one of the commandments, for goodness mm-hmm. sakes, honor your father and mother, right? So, but what if? That's easy to do in a lot of cases. In my yeah. cases, it's easy to do. But um, And it's easy to do from afar. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you have a bad relationship, well, you can at least not speak bad of them. Yeah. You know, you don't have to bump up against them all the time. But when you're right there with them. Then you get to practice that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I know a lot of families, um, really close friends who have not had a good relationship with their parents. Um like really harsh growing up. Sometimes there's abuse involved, all kinds of stuff for, for one reason or another addiction. And they have a measure of honor, but it, that's not how they're approaching caring for their parents in their old age. It's more of a duty. Mm-hmm. So, which I guess to me means sort of the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. You need to do the bare minimum if you can, if mm-hmm. you can bring yourself if you can. to that. Yeah. There's, there's um, several 
scriptural principles about this. And yeah, I always joked with my kids that honor your father and mother commandment um, is followed up by that it may go well with you and you may enjoy a long life. Because <laughs> we're going to kill you. <laughs> That's if you right. <laughs> you can fill in the blanks for the rest. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. also Paul I thought this was so interesting Paul was running to Timothy Timothy's planning a church and he's giving him all this advice and they've got these widows and these widows are needing care by the church and Paul says uh, listen you need to give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need but if a widow has children or grandchildren these should learn first of all to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents for this is pleasing to god mm-hmm. wow <laughs> i know well we just had a great um, message at church this past sunday um and it was about how much god values human life and in our society um we tend to put the elderly kind of all I mean they've you they're not useful anymore whatever that means mm-hmm. useful mm-hmm. and so they get sort of cast out or ignored and that's why there a lot of them are lonely and stuff so um if god places a value on that life then we certainly should place a value on that life yeah that's one of the most beautiful christian principles i think is just the the image of god in every human mm-hmm. from the very beginning to the very very the end very end of yeah. life so um yeah so it's a beautiful principle and we would do well um to just try to live up to that as best we can mm-hmm. with all our unique yeah. challenges and situations. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about strategies then. Because this, this can be stressful, even though it can be beautiful. Yes, there's a lot <laughs> to it. Not to mention, well, maybe we'll get to the emotional part in a little while. But okay, basic stressors. So if you're in the middle of it, and to be fair, let's just be honest, a lot of this is going to fall on the females, mm-hmm. on the women. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, whether you're a traditional caretaker or whatever, it just does. And it probably shouldn't, but there it is. So um, you need to identify, like, within your own situation, um, what events or situations trigger stressful feelings. Like, is it constant phone calls from your parent? Like, (laughs) how do I work my phone? My TV isn't getting the channel that I want. My computer's not turning on. My printer's not working. I mean, you can get four or five of those within the scope of one day, one morning sometimes. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're trying to work from home or raise your children or anything, it can be stressful. So you might need to put boundaries or like turn your phone off for certain periods. Like, dad, you can only call me after 10 a.m. You know, unless something is an emergency. Boundaries work well. Yeah, you know, there's a, David and I did this when we had small children, and I guess it would probably work in this situation as well. We uh, Two phone calls in a row was the signal that something's really important is going on. That way he could keep his phone on, but not answer it. But if he saw it was me twice in a row. I used that once for non-emergency and he got kind of mad. <laughs> you to bring milk from the store. I can't remember what it was now. But yeah, just knowing what triggers you Mm. is helpful. It doesn't mean it's not going to trigger you anymore. That's not what we're saying. We're just saying to identify it. And and sometimes when I can just identify what makes me really angry or really upset, or maybe it's something from childhood, you know, that your parent is doing, even in their, you know, still in their old age, just acknowledging it can keep you from taking off into orbit in a direction you don't want to go that's right that's interesting you mentioned the childhood thing because we tend to when we're with our families of origin we tend to just slide right back into our childhood roles of 
wherever you were in the birth order and however you related to your parents, you just, even when you're 40, 50 years old, you slide right back into that without even thinking about it. So now your relationship has changed. Now your age has changed. Now you're a grown up and you need to maybe change how you speak to one another or how you negotiate things. Um, mm-hmm. It's weird. It's a weird mental flip to yeah. now be caring for someone who cared for you. Yeah. It was the boss of you. Yeah. Yeah. Who <laughs> put the fear of God into you in many cases. So yeah. Oh, okay. So, and I kind of just said this one, but recognize how you deal with stress. So unhealthy behaviors feel good at the time. That's why we do them. But ultimately they're not good for us. So do you turn to alcohol? Have that extra glass of wine at night just to chill? Do you turn to food and just eat to kind of numb the pain? Do you do Netflix and just kind of zone out? Do you get really, really sad? Do you get really, really mad? Just try to put things in perspective and just recognize, okay, you know, I can be, you can be mad, be mad, be sad, but you don't want to, this is a long-term proposition typically. Mm. You don't want to develop some bad habits that you're going to regret later on. Drinking too much or now you've got 15 more pounds to lose because you've not been making the right eating choices for ever how many months so just recognize how you're dealing with it right and this works this is certainly valid for parenting your small children as well as taking care of your aging parents so all if you have all that going on at the same time that's even more stress it's going to activate even more of the same things your triggers and things so it behooves you (laughs) to get a handle on it or or to um, (laughs) enlist somebody else to tell you "Hey, hey hey i'm noticing like you're really mad all the time now. Maybe you need... Refer to our friend's episode. <laughs> the friend who can speak the truth can to you. talk to you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So then find healthy ways to manage that stress. So go outside. Take a walk. Exercise. Talk to a friend. Um, talk to a sister, a sibling. So if you don't get your own needs met, um, then that's chronic stress. And you're just going to have it stuck there in your body, eating away, which is not good for anyone. If you can't take care of you, you're not there to take care of the other people who are depending on you. So, yeah, I remember when I learned that um chronic stress can actually like mess with your DNA. Yeah, it changes it, your genetics. It changes your genetics and then like, oh my goodness, that's that's really bad. And then there's all these other conditions that you can can get from chronic stress, high blood pressure, diabetes, depression, heart disease, all from stress. Right. And then you're <laughs> then you're in the hospital and yeah. no one's getting taken <laughs> yeah, care of. Yeah, so Right. So take care of yourself. That's our next one. Take yeah. care of yourself. What are your non-negotiable needs? Well, every human being's non-negotiable needs are eating right, getting enough sleep, drinking plenty of water, um, staying connected to important people in your life. No one in any culture is immune from those basic needs. They may not get them, right? but that's what they need um, to thrive. Yeah. So you're going to be looking at tons of options. One of the um, hardest things I think about the sandwich generation thing is you're getting so much information come at you. And sometimes it's um, all of a sudden, like all of a sudden everything was going along great and your 80 year old mom falls. And then all of a sudden you're faced with uh, health issues, rehab, potentially uh, where is she going to stay? What are we going to do with what's, who's going to take care of mom? And it's all like within a two week span and you've got to navigate insurance. You've got to navigate, um, finances. It's a ton. It's a ton. It's, it's like one of the greatest stressors I think that life will give you. Um, and you can do it, but don't try to do it alone for goodness sake. Um, there's professional 
agencies and help to turn to um, people who've just like with parenting people who've done it like six months or a year ahead of you talk to them well what did you do about this and how did you find this agency working and all that stuff um yeah. yeah we've had a couple of friends who've had that experience and have been able to just speak into hey here's some things i would do ahead of time before anything goes wrong oh yeah there's some things that i would suggest you talk about and i thought that was really helpful mm -hmm. all right let's talk about those are the strategies to help you manage stress let's talk about some practical things you think about you need to think about if you're sandwiched between caring for parents and kids and the first one is to be aware of your marriage so if one spouse is primarily having to do most of the caregiving it leaves less time for the other spouse so not only are you thinking okay balance children balance parent oh yeah balance marriage yep. tender marriage so if you're traveling back and forth um, sometimes between states. Yeah, we've got that, we've had some friends who are going all the way up north from down south, like on a regular basis, flights back and forth. That's just a lot of balls to keep in the air. So you do want to tend your marriage. This does not mean you are exhibiting all the um, attributes of a highly functioning marriage at this time. There's seasons of life that are really hard. They're That's tough. why you right. would do well to lay the groundwork when things aren't hard. Right. Sit down and look in each other's eyes every night and talk <laughs> for 15 minutes. Right. You know, debrief from the day, knowing that, okay, sometime, you know, in life, we can't do that every day. Yeah. We, you know, things are just really difficult and one person's going to be pulling more weight at home and the other person's not. And, and then it'll switch. That's right. It's never 100, 100. I mean, ideally, yeah, that's what you want it to be, but that's why you have a partnership. That's mm -hmm. why somebody can take up the slack. That's what they're there for. So, um, yeah, give each other some grace and it is hard when you have to drop everything and leave when you had a evening planned. Yeah. <laughs> it is hard, but, um, and a lot of relationships don't survive all of the stress of this, but, um, you can, like, if you're intentional about it, you can. Um, I would say too, um, it's super important when you have an aging parent to, um, let them maintain their dignity and their independence. Like there is nothing worse than having, all of the siblings get together and have this little chat and here they've made all these decisions. This is what we're going to have to do. And you can take mom this weekend and here's what, we're, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they come and sit in front of the parent. Well, we've had this little discussion and here's what we've decided. Um, that, I don't know that that ever goes well. I would hate it. I would hate it. <laughs> I would be really offended. I'd be angry. I mean, who likes to be talked about behind their back? Even, I mean, even in in your best interest. Right. It still doesn't feel good. No. So to keep the dignity of the parent as an independent person, they need to be included on all decisions. Um, the only exception to that might be, you know, if they're incapacitated or dementia mm -hmm. things going on. But otherwise, um, yeah, they need to have a say. Do I, are they going to stay in their house or are they going to move someplace else with your help? Um, are they going to get the surgery or do they want to just not right that all of that nece isn't necessarily all the kids decision mm -hmm. and you have to respect that. It's just like having a young adult in some ways, like they're not going to always make the decision that you want them to make, but there it is. <laughs> That's a really good point. Really That's hard. a good perspective right there. But let them, let them keep that dignity and independence as long as they can because from their perspective they're losing their world is shrinking um th there's losses like every day they lose mm -hmm. mobility they lose um transportation they lose the ability to drive all that stuff so whatever you can let them keep is super important 
That's really important to remember. And also, there are really practical ways you can save time updating your family members. So lots of caregivers from the reading we did felt like they spent half their time updating far-flung family members on the condition of their parent or parents. And so having a central place for information is really helpful. There's lots of choices here. You can do a group text. You can do a group me, which is an app. You, I've, I've actually seen a CaringBridge account mm. where you can just write, you know, little updates and you can get a notification when something's typed in there. I've seen that during COVID even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Updates on, on people with COVID. So, and even a Google Drive spreadsheet where everyone can access it. Right. And share information. I thought that was really clever. Yeah. Too. You really need that. Yeah. Because depending on how many siblings there are and everyone wants to have a voice or everyone wants to weigh in, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah. When somebody's ill or something, it gets that's another stressor. You just don't eat it. And you know, there, like you said, um, there's likely going to be one sibling who's a point person mm-hmm. on this, but um, that doesn't mean you can't have help from your oh, other siblings. No, you know, it, even if it's just not, even if it's never going to be proportional mm-hmm. to what you do, and you might be surprised, you know, how that they want to help more than you're assuming. Yeah. So I, it would help to ask. Ex- yeah. If you don't ask, you certainly won't get anything. <laughs> when you're big mad <laughs> and you're overwhelmed. Yeah, then whose fault then really whose is fault it? fault is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of cases where a sibling can, maybe they're working a different job and you're free or the geography just isn't right. Um, but there may be a case they can fly in for two weeks and let mm-hmm. you just go somewhere. Um, that is a necessity to have. If you're an only child, then... Oh, that's hard. Yeah, you're going to rely more on... Um, probably agencies and home health care and mm-hmm. maybe friends, things like that. But yeah, which is the next point, involving others and helping give care. So you've got friends, mm-hmm. you know, you've got um, neighbors, even neighbors, mm-hmm. church members mm-hmm. who would be happy to help. I've seen our church do that many times mm-hmm. when people were just overloaded. Yeah. With caring for an aging parent. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, you, I mean, you can hire a house cleaner. That's a, that's an easy thing to do. Beautiful. <laughs> for yourself for or yourself the aging or parent. Or the aging parent. Or both. Yeah. If you can manage that it. That house cleaning thing, it's life changing. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also, like our church does, um, many of them do, Meals on Wheels ministry. Mm-hmm. So if you are having to cook and prepare meals for your parent, if they're not living with you, then um, a lot of times they can step in and give you at least a few nights a week where you're not having to think of that, which is Yeah, nice. and homeschooled students are a great resource for low-cost help around the house because they're usually free at odd hours. I've seen homeschooled students be paid to do laundry. They just come and wash and dry and fold the laundry. I've seen homeschooled students come and do just basic household stuff like some vacuuming, sweeping, and mopping. Maybe not like a whole agency, uh-huh. whole house service, but... It's That's very affordable, mm-hmm. very affordable and um, really clever. That's to, a great idea to use yeah, people yes, that you know. Yeah, I've had, I've had several friends who did that. Well, because that was the world that we lived in. And so I'm like really, really clever. I even had a friend whose mom hired a homeschooled student um, after, after every one of her babies to clean her house for an entire year. I was like, what a great mother-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so beautiful. Yeah. So another thing that's practical for you to do is talk to your employer. If you're working outside the home, after COVID, um, work from home has become very, very common. Yeah, people are now sort of demanding it, requesting it. 
Yeah, it's a really, it's a real option. And I didn't know this, but it, some employers have fa- family medical leave benefits mm-hmm. that it's not just for when you have a baby. They'll let you take up to 12 weeks for a family emergency and illness mm-hmm. in your family. And so some families, I mean, some families, some businesses also offer like emergency daycare. Yeah, yeah. On, pro- on site or on property. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in case, you know, you have that, you maybe you need to drop your kids and take care of right because you know how that is when you're working or you get a snow day or some random teacher (laughs) teacher in-service day and you've got to scramble to what do I do with my kids during the day and the same thing is happening when you got to be over with your dad so um yeah I would also um if you have older kids too I mean you talked about homeschool people hiring them but your older kids can and should help you out with their grandparents Again, it's a privilege. It's a wonderful thing to be able to go over and, um, you know, cook a meal or rake, rake granddad's yard or whatever it is that they can do. Yeah, I think I went over and after my grandmother died, um, she kept like an immaculate kitchen. And I remember like seeing my granddad, he just, he was very bravely carrying on and the inside of the oven was like black. Yeah. He'd burned so many things. And so I just went and like cleaned the kitchen, you know, just to, to try to give him a boost I think he turned all of his whites pink Aww. in the laundry you know <laughs> one day trying to do the wash but um but yeah I mean I was 16 17 mm-hmm. I was perfectly capable they love having younger folks over there yeah. they love oh, yeah. it we, we loved we loved hanging out with our grandparents so uh, yeah for sure do that um so if you're constantly overwhelmed um there's not a thing in the world wrong it's very common to talk to a counselor if your family members are like wrapped in a tangle about all this stuff too then maybe it's not the best thing to talk it out with them you've talked it out too much um a objective opinion is really helpful and it helps you work through um sometimes the grief i mean all the it's hard to watch someone that you love and who has cared for you decline in some of these ways it's really hard so you're processing grief in addition to all the things that you're trying to juggle. So go talk to somebody. A lot of counseling centers um, offer services on a sliding scale. So don't automatically think that it's out of your reach right. um, cost-wise. And again, in your managing, how you manage your stress is a lesson to your family, to your children, everybody else that you're coming in contact with too. So, um, you know, everything we do is teaching our kids something. So, Yeah, so if you eat three Big Macs every time you're stressed out... <laughs> You're modeling that for your children. Yeah, it's not just bad that. for you, it's bad for them. Yeah. See, you do that. Yeah. And yeah, or if you're if you're getting really angry and you're just really resentful all the time, they're learning that that's an appropriate response. That's okay, right. When things are really, really hard. True story. And so, mm-hmm. so also get the um, emotional and spiritual support you need. Um, a, you know, a church family is just invaluable in times like this. They will they can bring in the troops Mm -hmm. all these things we were just talking about Um, and a lot of times there's actual professional help there too right people who um have dealt with power of attorney or you know all these end of life kind of care issues you can have great resources there in addition to all the wonderful food yeah (laughs) (laughs) you might also offer to bring (laughs) so i mean we talked about a lot how this might be emotionally charged sort of situation for you and your family and your children and your spouse, everybody. But it's also emotionally charged for the elderly person that you're caring for um, because 
it's their loss of life, all the things that they're going through too. So um, there's some great services at churches for things like that. Our, we have a senior group at church that, mm-hmm. that travels and um, has dinners out and all kinds of things. So um, that's a wonderful resource. Oh, yeah. That's not just you doing it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, rem- I actually remember my granddad doing that, and I thought it was weird because <laughs> he hadn't done it before my grandmother died. Ah. And he, I mean, he was just bravely trying mm-hmm. different things. He started walking at Sportscom, the local gym, and doing the yeah. thing that senior stuff at church. And yeah, just there's um, a senior citizen center here in yep. our town. I think a lot of towns mm-hmm. have those, and they, they have all kinds of fun recreation. Yeah, games. And- mm-hmm. Yeah. Games, movies, lessons, mm-hmm. movies, vibrant, vibrant. If they're able to. A lot of independent living places and well, even nursing homes will have similar stuff like that too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so practical stuff, um, finances. <laughs> if you're raising kids, you know that can be like a huge financial strain on your family. Um, it's one of the worst I think financial periods in a, in a family's life, um, is trying to support all those little kiddos. Um, so if you have to help your parents out, that could take another chunk if you're, you may not be expecting it. So like I find myself occasionally buying extra groceries or buying things for the yard or things like that. Um, so there was a New York times poll that said 32% in their sample survey of families being caregivers said that they had made a financial sacrifice, including career sacrifices. So if that, if you don't have the family medical leave or you're having to just constantly take time off more and more and more, you may end up quitting. You may end up having to put that on hold, which is a huge chunk of your salary. It affects yeah. everything. The vacation time, the stories uh, I read about vacation time getting eaten up, yep. just doctor's appointments and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. It is hard. And speaking of vacations like maybe you're not taking those anymore with your family like you used to financially and time-wise it's just not there anymore yeah and and you can that's another thing that's that can be a stressor a trigger that you had this vision of hey what your like 40s and 50s were going to look like travel 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 and now you feel like you can't you can't go mm-hmm. either you feel like you can't go or you literally yeah cannot can't leave go and so yeah that's just something to grieve and work through mm-hmm. And um, just face it. Even more reason to have like siblings step in or temporary help come in. And there's there's lots of places that can help do that. So try not to feel like you're stuck. That, mm-hmm. That's a hard place to be in. Well, very stressful. Um, so if you are already or if you think that you will be your parents' caregiver, this is tricky. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter how old you are right now, but if you're even if your parents are maybe in their 60s, 70s just start having little conversations about um like future plans or some people think certain generations that's really personal and we don't talk about money like that's just not done but um my dad has lost two spouses in his lifetime the first one like within a year and it was a real shock and he had to go through all the insurance and all the credit cards and all, all the stuff all by himself and navigate all that. Um, passwords on the computer. I hadn't thought about that. All that stuff, bank accounts. Um, and then he remarried not long afterwards. And she too died within a very quick period of time. And he had to do it again because it was just oh. easier for him to let you know, let her take care of it. She can take care of it. So now that it's his turn, he has what we call the famous notebook 
and it has so it's got like color-coded tabs and little um designations all through it and it's got every single thing I would ever need to know about like what to do here's how you stop the military pay here's all the deeds and wherever they're listed here's where the keys all are to all to the shed and the lawnmower all the stuff that makes it so much easier that I don't have to go hunting for it and yeah those are hard conversations to have but it's a blessing and a gift sure is and so you talk to that about those sort of things with your parent but there's no reason that you can't do those things also because any one of us could get hit by a bus and that if anything this sandwich generation issue and being in the middle of it has taught me that like mm-hmm. I could get hit by a bus tomorrow and leave my husband with the same problems I watched my dad struggle through and so yeah got a place here's all the passwords and I tell him periodically remember here's where the credit card stuff is mm-hmm. here's where mm-hmm. all the insurance things are that kind of thing because if you've never faced it you just think it's never going to happen yeah my husband and his job he's a financial advisor he goes through this with clients all, all the time mm-hmm. who've lost their parents and the parents have bank accounts in 17 different banks I yes. kid you not yes and little savings accounts all over creation because that's what that's what you they know, do. That's how they did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, the more information you can can get. And, and if you see the writing on the wall and you are like, this is not going to go well. Their health is declining. You really do need to talk about a power of attorney option. Right. So we've just had friends go through this. And um, one sibling was power of attorney and the other one was the executor of the will. And so when the time came, they were able to um, navigate hospital decisions yeah you know with the doctors end of life issues the will yes so um these are these are discussions that are are great to have yeah please don't put it off it will help everyone I remember when we were raising our kids young we didn't do a will for the longest time because we couldn't figure out if something happened to both of us at the same time who would we give our kids to like who would take care of them hey I was your friend then (laughs) well I know it came down to like (laughs) friends versus family because a lot of my friends just kidding (laughs) were more like-minded than a lot of my family Uh, and then you think well that gonna hurt feelings but yeah so um don't let that deter you yeah like pick something it's probably never gonna happen it'll probably be fine but um pick something and make your notebook and put it somewhere everyone knows where it is yes and our last little piece of advice is let go sometimes you just have to let go sometimes your life is just going to be out of balance yeah you can count on it you can you can be aware of the stressors. You can do the good self care. You can try to get sleep. Sometimes it's just going to be out of balance, and there's not really anything else to do but just put one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. And sometimes your focus is going to be more on your children, and you feel like you're letting your spouse or your parent down. Sometimes you're going to be more focused on your parent, and you feel like you're letting your spouse and your children down. And sometimes you're just putting out fires. One after another after another. Sometimes it feels that way for a long time. (laughs) So sometimes you just have to say, you know what? This is just how it is right now. It is. And and like everything else in parenting, Mm -hmm. it's a season. This too shall pass. You know it's not going to last forever. And it will will probably end sadly in this case, right? Because that's just the way life works. You're going to lose somebody. Um, So it won't last forever. You reminded me of the thought I had when I was raising the kids and things were really, really hard. And um, I just was like, I just need a break. And and kind of a thought that recurred to me was, I really don't want to have regrets 
when they're gone. I want to steward this time as best as I can. I mean, I knew I was going to have regrets. I just wanted to minimize them. Yeah. I want to minimize the regrets. I just want to steward this time well. And thinking through the things we've listed, even if you just aim for those Mm -hmm. and you don't hit them exactly, you've still shot for that mark Mm -hmm. much more than if you didn't Mm -hmm. think about it ahead of time. Right. So again, this, this is yet another situation in life where intentionality pays huge dividends. Right. And it certainly won't hurt anything, right? So just try to do one or two things, you know, here and there where you can. And um, yeah, so you're just setting yourself up for baby steps along the way. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough road. It's a tough place to be in, but it's, it is doable. I mean, you don't have a choice in a lot of cases, you just do it like a lot of life, but um, yeah. And let's be countercultural and like love on yeah the, the aged, the elderly, love on the people who really cared for us. Right. In those early years, who did it well and who did it poorly? Both. You're here, here, standing. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what? Um, just be a light mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. We're all. I mean, if we're if we're not old one day, it's because we've already died. So exactly. we're going to be in their shoes one day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I love that too because my I remember watching my father do all these things for his parents, and like your mom did all those things for her dad like trimming their bushes and doing all mowing their lawn and he was teaching me your mom was teaching you okay this is what it's going to look like someday for you so it's a circle of life right it all comes it totally is it and it and honestly till this conversation I never thought about how hard it probably was on her I always just viewed it as a blessing Mm -hmm. from a kid's point of view what a great job good job mom that is right (laughs) yay Nancy it's so yeah what a great perspective to have that means she did it well well, thank you for this question, listener. It really, it's been a blessing to me yeah. to kind of think through good. it. Good stuff. All right. So if you want to read more about this and look at our resources we've mentioned, go to justaskyourmom.com. That's our website. Follow us on Facebook at Just Ask Your Mom and on Instagram at Just Ask Your Mom Podcast. That's where we'll post our new episodes and fun, fun memes and things. And if you're listening, please rate and leave a comment or a review just to help people find us. Yeah, so you can always send us questions or um, suggestions for topics at Just Ask Your Mom Podcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on Just, just Ask, Ask Your Mom. Your Mom.